Don't worry, we'll turn the lights off when we leave. But we're not done yet. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Polino back out there, so that answers your question. On a centering pass, now Marner gets it in front. Matthew scores! He's doing it again! Yep, at this point, it's uh, pretty tremendous. And you just sit and watch and listen to the season. Austin Matthews is having 38 now on the season after two more goals in this one. The Maple Leafs all over the Vancouver Canucks by a score of 5-1. to one. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you on Leafs Nation postgame here on the Sportsnet Radio Network at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic, where you can chime in on Twitter. Many thanks to Sam McKee and Danielle Furtado for their hard work behind the scenes. And now only five games remaining on this season at this point, Gord. Almost a foregone conclusion. The Maple Leafs will wrap up first in the North Division. Yeah, with Montreal's win, we'll do the out-of-town scores later on. You wonder, at some point, might they wave the white flag in Vancouver <laughs> and just kind of... do that in the NHL? Like, well, ah, we're not playing anymore. <laughs> well, they don't get fans, yeah. so they might you know, just say, if it doesn't matter playoff-wise, if everybody where they is or where they are, whatever number of games, say three games Vancouver has left at the end of the... Hypothetically, good luck at doing that. Um, not to take anything away from the Maple Leafs, this is uh, an exhausted Vancouver Canuck team, and they've taken advantage both of the last two games. Uh, 30 shots on goal for the Leafs. All 12 forwards got at least one shot. So that shows exactly what uh, Sheldon Keefe's trying to do. And you and you look at it, every, everyone's in double digits minute-wise. Joe Thornton, 12-32, was the least. So he basically rolled four lines. And I can see him doing that the rest of the way uh, as far as, uh, first of all, I don't. I mean, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner can play 24 minutes every game. They don't care. you know. But there's no need to do that at this particular point. So I don't... I don't see it's the wear and tear thing. I think it's more to get everybody involved and have, to have all your guys game ready, all your different options for when the playoffs start. And so Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca will drop on, uh, drop by, I should say, momentarily to break this down. The Maple Leafs scored have won five in a row, finish off a, a nine-game season series of the Vancouver Canucks, 5-3-1, and one, but you can really tell the fatigue setting in for this Canucks squad tonight. Well, you, you would have thought a week ago Sunday, right? Or what was it, 13 days ago yeah. it would have hit then. But uh, I can remember, I'm trying to like, it was one of these legendary football players talked about uh, defensive linemen in the NFL, about having a temperature of whatever the worst it can be, say 103, I don't know, whatever it would be, and playing the game of his life and then not getting out of bed for five days, right? And this is kind of, I think, like the Canucks, they had some kind of momentum, psychological momentum, getting those two extra days before they started, and the Leafs were the were their first victims, as that's what you want to call it. But now uh, the reality is set in. And also, hey, the reality is the Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs are the best team in this division. They deserve it. They've, they've, earned, they've won it on merit. And speaking of deserving it, again, uh, coming full circle to the top of the conversation, Austin Matthews, uh, 38 goals and uh, five games away from his first career rocker, Richard Gord. Well, and again, you, you dug the stat up that since Sheldon Keefe, you know, came on board, this this ridiculous Terry's on. He's been doing that since November twentieth. Uh, let me get my year right. Twenty nineteen, yeah. when the coaching change was made. He really has been doing this. He was doing this when the regular season ended last year. Him and David Pasternak and Alexander Ovechkin vying for the vying for the Rocket Richard Trophy. And I don't even remember his stats in the bubble, but he was the only guy that to me showed up all five games in the bubble. Even we kind of dismissed that one. So just fun to watch the skill and you know what have you and. You know, people are wondering, would he get four goals in the final six games of the regular season? He knocked off half of that number in one game. 
71 goals in 94 regular season games under Sheldon Keefe. And I don't care if you're out there saying, hey, North Division bias. I think two of the three nominees for the Hart Trophy will come out of this North Division. Number one being Connor McDavid, who ultimately, in my opinion, is going to win the award. And how do you not have Austin Matthews in there? 38 goals, 12 game-winning goals. Did you realize, and I'm sure you have, that's three games in a row, the game-winning goal for Austin Matthews. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, you know, let's think of some of the other players. Cause, uh, Barkov. Well, and Florida's cooled off a little bit. Some people thought Huberto for a while yeah. over Barkov, but certainly, you know, Florida's impressed that way. I think Nathan McKinnon, uh, although he's not to me as impressive as last year, like I'm splitting hairs there. He's still impressive, you know, and, and uh, I don't go on and on. There's a lot of great players out there. Vegas kind of hits you as a team. They're playing phenomenal right now. I'm not, I'm going to stop doing the math that way. I, I agree with you. I, I just Austin Matthews presence to me right now. If I, if I'm voting on the heart trophy, uh, he's in my top three. Has to be, uh, you know, any, any way you slice it, it's it just been so fun to watch it and listen to it. And the magic uh, we hope continues on in the Stanley cup playoffs. And that's a remarkable thing, even dating back and not to reminisce on, on crappy times for this team in the bubble last year. But Austin Matthews physically was an absolute horse in that series. Add to the fact of, you know, real time Austin Matthews is a tremendous player. You add that physical nature. He does not shy away from it. He was he was probably Toronto's best player in the bubble court. Yeah, no, no question. No question about it. And this year he's going to need more people. And then and we know that. And Sheldon Keefe uh, has known that. And, and Kyle Dubas did. And they added some different... You know, it's funny seeing Joe Thornton get an empty netter tonight. Uh, uh, got an assist as well, and uh, you know, just did a just a lot of things fitting in for him. I think he got a yeah, no, he didn't get an assist, but he got the uh, he got the one goal, and just everyone contributing. And you you look at Brooks as far as that, how many goals he's had the last little while. Yeah, like like everyone contributing, everyone getting a chance to play, and because that's what they're going to need in the playoffs. No doubt about that, and you're going to need depth. Uh, we like to bring up the St. Louis Blues from a couple years back that they really killed the opponent with depth, and that's, I think, what the Maple Leafs are looking for. So any way you can get a goal from Alex Galchenyuk, I know it's an empty netter from Jumbo, but you need everybody to help out. Like Austin Matthews is going to do his thing. Mitch Marner is going to do his thing. John Tavares, Willie Nylander are going to play a supporting role as well. But you need the goals from the bottom six that time of year, of course. Yeah, and that's what Sheldon Keith said last year before the season ended. So Freddie Goche went somewhere else. You see Pierre, Pierre Engvall is now up in the press box. Jimmy Vesey went somewhere else. Alex Kerfoot's got to be, you know, looking a little bit that he's going to be pushed a bit by some of the other guys there. You do. You do. You have to get goals from your bottom six. And particularly in the playoffs, you know, they don't score a ton, but you need those kind of timely goals you can't just solely be the checking line no doubt about that and certainly i think you know among the question marks i guess if you want to call it that is uh the goaltending right going into the stanley cup playoffs and i thought it was a nice tidy effort uh 26 stops for jack campbell tonight not overly tested but he made the saves he needed to and again this is an imperative uh development for this maple east team as we inch closer to playoffs and uh, I, I don't know. I think we're running out of racetrack when it comes to Freddie Anderson playing at least one game here, Gord. Yeah, yeah, we really are. We really are. I mean, I, for, 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 in my book, for him to be considered to start the first game of the playoffs, he would have had to play twice and would have had to play half decent. Um, so if he doesn't play twice, or you you got to look at starting Jack Campbell. What a weird blip he had. And then Riddick had that one game. Like, he's been phenomenal. He set an all-time team record. Then he just went south. Uh, we learned that he was a guy very quick to uh, own up about it, point the finger at himself, which was nice. But when you're doing it three games in a row, it gets saying, well, there's something wrong here. And then to his credit, and I guess that's what he struggled with 
why he is a late bloomer was that it was mental issues. It was confidence issues is what have you. And, you know, in this case, he's come out of it. Good on him. He's come out of it. He has. And uh, it's, it's great for the Maple Leafs. Uh, certainly you're going to have your ups, your downs uh, during this type of season, this COVID season for sure. But they're, uh, they're in an upswing. And I think uh, this time here, you certainly want to be playing well. I still have questions about that PP, not overly tested one or zero for one in this game. They're still not, I, it, it's going to be an unsolved mystery. I get uh, at this point and it'd have to be solved if they make the one, when they play in the playoffs and if they want to go far in the playoffs, but just uh, nobody has an answer for this court. Yeah. And the tough part right now, this is where you could use some variety of teams because the games don't matter. They really don't. So uh, what, what, whatever the power play, you try to get it going, but you really want it going when the game matters. And that'll be game one of the Stanley cup playoffs. And is it going then? Cause also uh, usually there's fewer penalties called. That's usually the way. So, uh, and I still go back like that, that game six against the Boston Bruins, that Sunday afternoon game, and Leafs had a one nothing lead on the Morgan Ryan goal, a Morgan Riley goal. Then Boston scored in the power play. Remember that? I, I think it was a penalty against Riley. And it was really chintzy. Yeah. And then Hyman got sent out for the faceoff, and you found out later he had basically a broken leg. Yeah. You know, and and they were saying, well, I, I forget what these, and it was stupid, right? And again, the Bruins made a difference on on the power play then and got momentum that they did. And uh, certainly again, coming up later on here in the program, following Sheldon Keefe, we'll hear from uh, Luke Fox, the sports among others, the Maple Leafs winning at five, one, the final uh, again, they've won five in a row, five, three and one against the Vancouver Canucks and Gord uh, talked about it. The uh, Montreal Canadians, just a big time victory tonight, coming back uh, from behind down two nothing to Ottawa and who else? Cole Caulfield, his first NHL goal uh, comes on an OT winner. And I, it's sort of intriguing to me, not so much anymore because of that win, but Montreal can sort of control, or Toronto, excuse me, can sort of control Montreal's uh, destiny this season. Yeah, to a, to a degree. Yeah. I mean, this win helps. Otherwise, uh, Calgary's still there. I don't know what, if you're calling nipping at their heels or not, whatever the word may be, but they're still around, put it that way. So, uh, yeah, we were talking about that. So everyone, or most people, relish this opportunity, this great traditional playoff battle which hasn't happened for a long time has only happened once since the maple leafs and montreal battle for the stanley cup in 1967 and uh theoretically if the leafs beat montreal three times and calgary went on a tear uh it could be a leaf calgary flame playoff series i'm open for montreal just from a, a historical standpoint i just think it would be incredible again it's just so disappointing like can you just imagine and granted we wouldn't have this scenario probably um, in normal times, maybe there's a chance, uh, but just the unfortunate nature that there won't be crowds, Bell Center, Scotiabank Arena for Toronto, Montreal, and the Stanley Cup playoffs, in my opinion, doesn't get much bigger than that, Gord. You know, it's funny, I'm, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm looking through you at this plastic drape that we've got used to. Yeah. I don't even notice it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even, like, it was really novel Maple when Leaf we first Square. came in. Yeah, and there's Maple Leaf Square crowded. That's our kind of our wallpaper around here, but you're right, and Every time we talk to somebody in the United States, Chicago is the last of the American venues to open up, allowing you to have some fans in. And Dallas is another one. They claim that uh, they could go. They're one-third capacity right now, but they could go full capacity if they make the playoffs. Doesn't mean they'll necessarily decide to do that if they make the playoffs, but it just shows where they're at at different things. And, yeah, you just keep going. You, like, I assumed fans would be in the building in some degree in the playoffs, and I don't like being three-quarters right, and it's no Canadian teams. Yeah, it, it just hits differently. And uh, again, 
I think to use the excuse, it's unfair. Everything's unfair about this season, not just in hockey, right? So that was ultimately what I thought right away when I saw the report that uh, Dallas is going to be allowed to have a full crowd. Like, how does that make sense, especially when you know one of the Canadian teams is going to come in in the Final Four, having not played with a crowd all season long? Like, for example, the New York Islanders scored are incredible on home ice to begin with. Add in the fact that they have the upper hand of having a crowd, it's going to be a tough building to not to make excuses, but it's just the layout just so different this year. You yeah, know? well, and let, let's you know it doesn't. All Canadian teams are going to be in the same predicament for yes. the first two rounds. Yes, it's after that, and we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But the understanding is that there'll be an NHL city. There will only be four left, so there'll be one of the other twenty-seven. No, not twenty-seven. One of their twenty would be the home destination for the Canadian-based team. Now. You're thinking, okay, great. If it's Toronto, they'll put them in Buffalo. Not necessarily so. They're not looking at geographics. There's certain things they want. But hypothetically, or not, well, not hypothetically, you know they'll be allowed fans there. So if it's somewhere close by, think of an Leaf fan ultimate trip saying, you know what? I'm going to go. And even if I, have to, if I have to quarantine coming back to Canada, I'm going to go to, say, Chicago. I don't know, where, whatever it is. And, I, and I'm going to go there for the conference final and maybe the Stanley Cup final. And you'll have a few thousand Toronto Maple Leaf fans making it kind of a home ice situation if the Leafs are that team that go to the American venue. Well, it just sort of made me think and uh, watching the Jays game the last couple of days, how heavy it was with Atlanta Braves crowd. But it's unfortunate because Dunedin is, is the Blue Jays home gourd. Yeah, yeah. So, well, there you go. You flip Absolutely. It, uh, yeah. Let's all skip out on quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, but it, no, but what, what, uh, yeah. anyway, so, yeah. so it, it's, so I think that possibly could ne- negate it. Now you'd get the craziest fans down there. The ones that go there, they're not the ones that would be having, uh, they're ha- ordering the sushi and the high price wine and are late coming these back to their seats. Fans. You know, the, yeah. the platinum seats. No, these are, these are, it, it could, it could, anyway, let's get the, through the first two rounds. It's, a, <laughs> it's unfortunate for everybody. There's no, there will be no fans in Canadian arenas. Well, I'm fired up. I know Gord's fired up. We'll hit the break again. Uh, a lot still to come here on the program. Hopefully we'll, we'll hear from Austin Matthews who wishes his uh, dad a, a happy birthday. So that's coming up. What a birthday gift. Two more goals. Although he scores two goals every game. Like if you had a prop bet for Matthews to score a goal, at least one, you take it every time, Gord. <laughs> yeah, but, and his parents, he scored four their very first game. They're probably unimpressed. Yeah. Like, geez, you know, whatever. Nothing. Yeah, first time he scored four. He's never done that again. Unbelievable release on the kid. Goes without saying. A 5-1 win here for the Maple Leafs again. Uh, Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca is coming up later on as well. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. This is Leafs Nation post game on the Sportsnet Radio Network. After a meal like that, you deserve a little dessert. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Molino is first to the puck, back of the net for Marner. Centering pass, scores! Austin Matthews has done it again! What a play from Marner and the quick release is off the post and in! And the Maple Leafs have tied the game on the big fellas, 37th of the year. This not just in, Austin Matthews is really good at hockey. Two more goals. That was his first of the night, up to 38 on the season. Needs two goals in five games to hit 40 in 56. Insanity, because he's not even going to play 56 games this season. Of course, he set out four. So this pace is, uh, you know, something we haven't seen in a long, long period of time. Goes without saying, that's Gord Selleck. I'm Nick Alberga. A 5-1 win here for the Maple Leafs against the Vancouver Canucks. They've won five in a row, 5-3-1 and on the season against the Canucks. And again, coming up on Monday, get used to the Montreal Canadiens. So we'll say, Gord. 
Yeah, a lot more regular season action than it looks like playoff action, which is great. So get used to them. All right, first and foremost, again, Austin Matthews, who played the goal off the top there, uh, 38 goals on the campaign. Let's hear him wish a happy birthday to his father. Austin, another complete effort from your group tonight. Just your thoughts on, on the game? Uh, I think, uh, you know, despite tough first period by our group, I thought the second and third really uh, strung along together, some really good shifts, and um, just some good play all around from all the lines. So, um, obviously, a uh, nice two points for us, and, uh, you know, on to the next game. Next up, we'll go to Mark Zielinski, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Mark. Austin, can you talk about Mitch and uh, just what he's doing out on the ice with you, you know, to get you to get the puck in the net? Yeah, he's great. Um, he's uh, like I said the other night. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if he gets uh, really enough credit with uh, you know what he's been doing this year and um, you know the kind of player that he is in person. And he's just a blast to play with. And uh, I think we both complement each other well. And um, you know, no matter who's, uh, who's playing with us, um, you know, I think every guy's fit in pretty well and we just try to go out there and compete and, and make plays. Um, you know, and obviously the end goal is to, to win games and, and put the puck in the net. So, uh, he's been playing awesome and it's been, uh, it's been a blast, uh, playing with him. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Austin, that was a nice birthday gift for your dad tonight. Uh, what's it like for you to catch up with him after games and what do you think he enjoyed about the most about this one? Uh, he's good. I mean, he's, uh, he's easy. We just, uh, you know, just kind of BS, I guess, and, uh, talk about the game a bit. And, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, I'm sure he's enjoying this day with, uh, with the win and, uh, you know, a couple goals. So, um, you know, happy birthday, dad. Um, so moving on to the next one. And last one here, we'll go to Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance. Just prior to your uh, goal, Austin, a uh, bit of a mix-up at your end. Uh, so shout out to Jack for uh, being alert on that play. Yeah, I mean, Soup's been playing awesome for us. He's been, uh, you know, some big saves tonight. Obviously, uh, a couple lapses by by us. Um, but I mean, when we need a save, he's been coming up huge for us. So uh, that's all you can really ask for. Uh, you know, from whoever's in that, anybody that's been in that has been uh, been playing well for us. And um, obviously, Soup's been a really big part of our team success so far. I love the confidence with Austin Matthews. Like he goes out there and just watching him, he's got swagger. You don't even have to know he's friends with Justin Bieber, Gord. <laughs> no, like that, Justin that, Bieber wants to be friends with with Austin Matthews. It's not the other way around, you know. Well, I, I you know, I mean, I, I just know Tyson Berry misses being part of that group. He was the other guy there, and he can't do that. But I, I, I like what you talk. I, I like. It's a real healthy swagger. Remember the one time on the ice when he got he signaled the goal. He got pumped in that yeah. game against. I think it was Chicago, and yeah. or just different things that way. So I, I like that. I, 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 you, you need that. Like he's good, and he's really good. He knows he's really good, but he and he acts like he knows he's really good. But um, he also doesn't rub it in your face. The chemistry, no doubt, is uncanny with Austin Matthews and this guy Mitch Marner, who had two assists on the night. Mitch, what did uh, you like about the overall team effort in this one? Um, well, I thought, uh, through the first two, we were turning the puck over quite a bit, um, kind of playing a rush game with them. And then the third, I thought we did a really good job just taking care of the puck, doing very, uh, very good job of keeping puck in our hands in the ozone and, and maintaining possession. And, um, I think we're making it hard on them to come through the neutral zone with, um, a fresh pair of five every time. So when we did that, well, um, we still got our offense and we got the result we wanted. So that's uh, something we really liked. Next up, we'll go to Dave McCarthy, NHL.com. Go ahead, Dave. 
Mitch, what does it do for the group when you see uh, Joe Thornton and Jason Spetzer playing down in the lineup, both on five-game point streaks right now and the amount that they're being able to produce to help the group out? Yeah, the, the boys are buzzing. Uh, I mean, they bring uh, so much energy every single day. You wouldn't think, uh, you know, they're the uh, two of the older guys in the team. Um, but it's been just a blast playing with them. Um, you know, they, uh, like I said, bring the energy every day, and they've, they've done a lot for our team through the whole lineup and being able to play in multiple spots. And um, Spez really grown into the role of, you know, our PK guy and, and being able to play on the PKs. He's been massive. So um, both guys have been huge for our team and have helped a lot. We got Nick Curse here on TV. Next up, we'll go to Josh Cumberton, Canadian Press. Go ahead, Josh. A dunk by OG. Hey, uh, Mitch, does it feel like every time the puck's on Austin's stick, it's going in the net? Well, no. I mean, if he's in the D zone, I don't think so. But, uh, I mean, uh, ozone-wise, it's definitely a high, high possibility, especially if he's around kind of that triangle around the net or um, the house, I guess you can call it, of how minor coaches always used to describe it. So, um, when he's in that area, there's always a high potential chance of it going in. and um, It's almost a 99% chance it's hitting the net at least. So. Uh, you know, there's going to be a rebound or a chance or just kind of make it hard on the goalie. So he's uh, he's done an amazing job in the Ozone of getting himself open. And, uh, I mean, he can shoot the puck from really wherever in his stance. And that's something that uh, he works on a lot and credit to him. And you see it uh, this year really paying off. And really the past couple of years, uh, you know, to me, he's one of the best scorers, if not the best right now in the NHL. And it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to play with him. And it's been a lot of fun to see him do what he's doing this year. And the last one here, we'll go to Lance Hornby, Trauma Sun. Go ahead, Lance. Nick, you've seen a couple of different players on your left side. What do you think Felino brings in that position so far? Uh, he's brought a lot. I mean, uh, obviously he's the leader. He's uh, he's come in. He's talked in the dressing room when we need it. Um, he's you know he's not afraid to speak up and um, voice his opinion, which is amazing. Um, but on the ice, always talking to one another, um, letting me know where he is, and I'm letting him know where I am. And um, I mean that goal there. That's uh, a great forecheck by him and kind of overplay, and um, that really started the, the cut through the middle and the over starts that whole play and that, that goal happens. So um, he's done a lot of great things for us, especially diesel-wise of just being tight, being around the net, helping us out. And another guy that's been a great job and of PKing for us and big help there. All right. There is uh, Mitch Marner following a two assist performance and the chemistry built uh, with Austin Matthews has been uh, unbelievable to watch um, before us. And certainly Sheldon Keefe uh, played just a whim, a little bit of a whim saying, yeah, you know what? Those two might work well together, Gord. Yeah, the well, every fan said it. I think every media person said it. It was just uh, uh, Mike Babcock for his reasons. I think at the end, stubbornness is what uh, uh, what uh, was his undoing. Period. And this is this is one example. And certainly, uh, Mike Babcock always wanted a backup goalie in Toronto. I guess they got a backup who's now a number one. Remains to be seen going forward in the next season. But Jack Campbell, uh, solid once again in this game. Twenty six saves. Let's hear what he had to say after this one. Hey, Jack, just wondering uh, what your thoughts are on uh, Joe Thornton and Jason Spetz and what they've been able to bring. I mean, both on five-game point streaks right now, so productive at the bottom of the lineup. How much does that help the group? Oh, it's huge. I mean, you see these guys in the locker room getting the boys going, and then you see them on the ice just battling every night and just giving her for, for the team. And um, they play whatever role coach puts them in, and, you know, they um, they don't complain. They just go out and, and do the best they can every time. And it's great to see them contributing offensively because they're both such great offensive players. And um, we're going to need them to continue that if we're going to uh, keep this thing going. Next up, we'll go to Terry Koshan, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Terry. Hey, Jack, you put together a nice little string now since being pulled. How, how good is that for 
positives is that for you on the, on the mental side of things? Yeah, I mean, anytime we're, we're winning and, uh, you know, that's huge. So, um, you know, I just think the team's playing really well in front of me. I'm just trying to uh, to do my thing in there. And uh, when we put, put that together, um, we've been finding a lot of wins. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Jack, what stands out to you the most about Nick Felino so far? Whew, he's awesome. I mean, he just kind of brings a light to the to the room. We already had a great locker room and, um, you know, love the chemistry with, with, with the team. But, you know, adding Nick, he's he's just like a leader, you know. There's just certain guys who just have it. And he uh, – you just – I don't think it's a coincidence that once he stepped in the lineup, we uh, – you know, flipped that switch and started started rolling again. So, you know, he, he's a great offensive player. He um, kind of just plays the game the right way. He plays hard. He makes a lot of great plays that people don't talk about. And, um, you know, that's the biggest thing I noticed. He just he wants it so bad. He, he's a winner. So we love having him. And um, we just want to keep her going with him. Austin has been scoring so much, you almost take it for granted. You don't realize how unusual it is. What impresses you the most about his ability to put the puck in the net? Whew. he's just amazing. <laughs> like, like, it's crazy. He, uh, he's a gifted, gifted player and a gifted person. He's just a special guy and, um, you know, doesn't go to his head. He works every single day and he's a great teammate. So um, anytime you have a superstar like that and somebody who brings it like that every single night, um, you know, just, just a lot of fun. It's fun to be a part of and a lot of fun to watch. And last one here, we'll go to Josh Clipperton, Canadian Press. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, Jack, just further to that point, from a goalie's perspective, I mean, Mitch and Austin are so dangerous individually, but how tough is it when they're working in tandem how well they are this season? Good question, Josh. It's tough against them in practice. You know, um, they just watching them in games, too, like the chemistry they have, but then also the skills they have. It's, uh, you know, it's one thing to have some chemistry. It's another to have the talent they have and to use it together for the better of the team. So, um, I think they both have the team in mind and all the plays they make, you know, coming back uh, into the D zone, making great plays. And then it leads to, uh, you know, those highlight real plays you, all, you see on, on the TV every night. Okay, there is uh, Jack Campbell, and of note as well, um, similar to uh, Jack Campbell's streak, I guess Nick Felino's streak of winning every game he plays in as a Maple Leaf will end at some time, you would think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, getting some assists and fitting in well with Marner and Matthews. But uh, while he was quarantining, uh, the Leafs were losing. And with Nick Foligno back in the lineup, uh, they can't lose. And it's all about the Stanley Cup playoffs. For as good as this season has been for the Maple Leafs, again, uh, you know, we've said this. I always like to bring up that Tampa season before the break, Gord. You know, nobody remembers that was an unbelievable year for Tampa, award-winning year for Tampa. Yeah. Uh, we all remember that they were beat by Columbus and swept by Columbus, right? So I think when you look forward at this postseason, we might not rem- remember, hopefully we remember, uh, you know, the year this team has had. Well, it's just a reminder about uh, when, I mean, because Tampa Bay was up 3 nothing, I believe, in the first yeah. game. Just when a team gets hot, and um, we're seeing this in the regular season that, the Leafs got hot against the Edmonton Oilers and were able to win three straight because they played them three straight. And that's what you can do in the playoffs. And uh, the, the Leafs were, were, were throwing Austin Matthews name out as a worthy a candidate for the Hart trophy that year. Tampa Bay had candidates for all the trophies. <laughs> so it was brutal for them. They went to Vegas, you know, and their, their, their season sucked and it didn't, but it did. And they go, they're all up for awards, but they're going to the awards with a very empty feeling uh, the individual achievements meant nothing, and they certainly corrected that last year. And 
I mean, the Leafs kind of did that last year. The Leafs were not the Tampa Bay Lightning in the regular season by any stretch, but just that, again, you're kind of saying, you know, you can't have that. You didn't get swept by Columbus, but it felt like it. Rule number one, respect your opponent. That scored Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. The Maple Leafs defeat the Vancouver Canucks 5-1. This is Leafs Nation postgame on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Let our trained professionals help you come down from the high of the game. Here on the Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Now pass in front for Nylander. Shot backhand scores. Galchenyuk. Enjoy an assist on his birthday, but Galchenyuk pounced on that rebound and made short work of it. And how about that? The uh, fourth of the season for Alex Galchenyuk, his third as a Maple Leaf, all part of a 5-1 win here against the Vancouver Canucks. Toronto's won five in a row, 5-3-1 and one in the year against the Canucks, and that's always a welcome sight to get your depth guys going, and especially a guy like Galchenyuk, Gord, who... I think it's fighting for a roster spot right now. Yeah, there, there's a bit of the old-fashioned training camp here about, like old-fashioned training camps when there weren't big contracts and contracts dictated uh, a lot of who made it, who didn't, yeah. about being on these third and fourth line or being in the press box for the Leafs. And Galchenyuk, who was um, riding kind of a hot run, has cooled off. Pierre Engvall has cooled off. He's in the press box a lot. Um, I think Alex Kerfoot's going to get some competition, get pushed a little bit, but Jimmy Vesey's left town. Uh, this is what, this is what Sheldon Keefe wants. He wanted depth in goal. They've got three goaltenders, not just stuck with Freddie and he wanted options with other players. So again, we go back to the Columbus bubble, but you have options and good options to interject. If you're going to have to change things up Uh, quickly before we get to Luke Fox, were you aware that Brian Matthews and William Nylander had the same birthday? Cause I didn't. I did not. So, uh, well, happy birthday to both. 25 already for Willie Nylander as we bring in Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. It seemed like this guy's been in the league forever, ever, but uh, 25 years of age. And uh, Nylander's been really good since Clockgate, hasn't he? Oh, he, he's been incredible. Uh, you know, he had a nice setup there again tonight, and that line is, is really clicking. Um, you know, you, you saw Galchenyuk's emphatic celebration after he scored, which I think is first time in, in seven games. Uh, I think he's feeling a little bit of pressure knowing that Zach Hyman's going to be healthy here sooner or later. And he has to establish himself as an important piece, but he couldn't have two better line mates. I mean, this is, this is the best uh, Tavares and Nylander have looked together uh, for a prolonged stretch that, that we've seen. Um, they're both, you know, putting up about a point per game through, uh, April and now into May. Um, and I, I think that's the key to success, right? You have to have two elite lines and, you know, M- Matthews and Marner have been doing it all year, but the fact that Tavares and Nylander are now clicking, uh, and they look engaged and they're productive, um, that's, what's going to make this team dangerous. And, and that I think separates the Leafs from the rest of the pack in Canada right now. And Luke, uh, we were talking about just before the third and fourth lines. And so everyone played a minimum of 12 minutes. He's basically rolling mm-hmm. all four lines. All 12 forwards got at least one shot on goal. And I can imagine this will be kind of the, the philosophy the rest of the way in to, to find more options for depth that was sorely lacking last year. Yeah, not just last year. When was the last time that the Leafs trusted uh, a third and fourth line like this? Like, 
uh, it's hard to remember. And um, it's funny. Um, You know, you look at that fourth line, and you got Adam Brooks, this call-up, you know, long-time, fairly long-time Marley, a guy who who didn't expect to be here, and he's surrounded by two potential uh, future Hall of Famers, two guys in the top 100 of scoring in the in the league of all time in Spezza and Thornton. And now Spezza and Thornton each will take five game point streaks into the next game. And that's uh, and that's playing on the fourth line. Uh, I mean, it, it's quite the story. And uh, it's kind of interesting to see the evolution of the Leafs lineup, especially uh, down in the bottom six over, um, over, over the course of the season. You know, you had Jimmy Vesey and Travis Boyd playing on the opposite side. You know, guys were waved away. Um, and then you have Alex Galchenyuk coming up big and, and scoring a goal. The, the forward group has really changed a lot from uh, from opening night. And good on Adam Brooks for getting this, this tiny window and just absolutely seizing it. Um, you know, he's basically scored a goal every other game, and that's with, you know, hovering around 10 minutes of ice a night. So he's really impressed his teammates, and he's really impressed his coach. Four and eight so far for Adam Brooks so far this season with Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. A five-one win here for the Maple Leafs against Vancouver. Five games remaining, and uh, I wanted to piggyback off that point with Brooks. Uh, I know everything's in pencil, but is he sort of cemented, uh, you know, a spot potentially for Game One of the playoffs? And in general, what's your understanding on what that lineup might look like? Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. Um, you know, Keith was kind of asked something along those lines pregame, and he definitely doesn't want to tip his hand. He's like, you know, there's still, whatever, a handful of games left. You never know what's going to happen with injuries. But the fact that Zach Hyman is back skating, Riley Nash is back skating, and there was a purpose in going and getting Riley Nash. You know, Sheldon was really high on that guy playing against him in the Columbus series, uh, in the in the bubble series. And he's a really strong defensive center with a lot of experience. You know, he, he's been on the other side of eliminating Leafs a few times because he used to play for the Bruins too. Um, so the, the, good, the good news is uh, Nash can, can take his sweet time getting prepared. Um, the question becomes, do you go with, you know, the guy with more NHL experience, way more playoff experience, or do you stick with what's working? You know, the Adam Brooks line with Thornton and Spezza, this has been a really good checking line that the coach is, is building some trust here. So do you kind of wait and hold Nash back in, in kind of your back pocket if things start to go south and kind of ride whatever group is working for you now? Because, you know, it, they're making a case to, to keep that those three intact. Um, it, it's going to be a, a difficult decision, but you know these are these are the best problems to have, right? Too many guys that you want to play. So, Luke, a bit of a different question. I know the initial answer will be no thought about it, but uh, the Vancouver Canucks are out of gas, and I'm just thinking yeah. that okay, if it doesn't impact the playoff spots of the other teams, because now it looks like the Scotia North Division will be starting a little bit later. The playoffs, like, like I almost wonder if um, they say, hey, you know what, forget the last three games because there's not going to be fans in the building anyway, and uh, let's just get going a little bit earlier. I know, I know it's too early to, to think what they'll do or not, but that's one of my thoughts. I think they're going to play the games. I think they've, you know, they have TV commitments, contractual commitments. Then you get into you know, uh, um, tinkering around with money, sponsor obligations, those types of things. But I, I hear exactly what you're saying, Gord. I mean, even these last couple games, this this team 
Um, it, it, I, you know, there's there's other people to feel for in the in the world that at a higher level than the Vancouver Canucks, but I feel for these guys. You know, they're, they're so far out of it. They've just been through COVID. Um, now they have some more off ice uh, distractions going on with with Vic, uh, Jake Bertan and uh, allegations that, that surfaced today. Uh, it's just been a miserable, miserable season. And then you're, you're right; they're going to play these games at the end that are essentially meaningless. Um, so I see your point. I, like these last couple games against the Leafs, um, it, it just feels like the Leafs have already, you know, defeated level one. Why not go to level two? Um, that you know, they're just still playing level one. That the, the separation is so great, and the, and the motivation and the spirit of the teams uh, are, seem to be in opposite directions. I thought you were going to make like a Mortal Kombat reference or something. Disappointed. <laughs> Disappointed, Luke. Uh, excellent job, and uh, can't wait to start talking Stanley Cup playoffs with you soon. Yeah, it feels like we just need that to get, to get it going as yeah. soon as possible. Got to fire it up for sure. Thanks so much, Luke. Okay, take care, guys. Take care. That's Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. The Maple Leafs defeat the Vancouver Canucks 5-1. We'll take our final break of the night. Final thoughts coming up. Nick Alberga and Gord Selleck. This is Leafs Nation postgame on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now for a little hockey talkie, this is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. All right, we're back here on Leafs Nation postgame for a final time on the night of 5-1 win for the Maple Leafs, closing out the season series of Vancouver, 5-3-1 in that stretch. In general, Toronto has won five in a row. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga, breaking it all down at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. And, of course, next up for the Maple Leafs, another date with the Montreal Bring them on. Yeah. Bring them on, yes. How yes. many more against Montreal this season? 11. I can't even tap. Like, on, I hope not 11, 11 more. And Austin Matthews, if there's 11, he'll score 50 I'm going to go with goals. four playoff games, and I'm going to go with three more regular season yeah. games. So seven is my answer. And the other answer is the novelty of three games a row, in a row has worn thin. Oh. The novelty of um, interdivision hockey has worn thin regular season <laughs> style. It, it's it's <laughs> no, it. it, it's very much alive playoffs. I'm looking forward to it. At least hopefully taking on two Canadian division rivals. But uh, uh, yeah, it's just and and even the other. I, I was really hoping for serious serious playoff races. I I just thought it would be like a great auto race and a, a race to the checkered flag next week or whenever the season ends, and that's not going to quite be the case. So at this point, Gord, uh, last week we touched base on this. Uh, Austin Matthews, again, two goals away from 40, and we talked uh, again at nauseum in the pregame about Connor McDavid. Well, he already has two points tonight, so he's up to 86. He needs uh, 14 points uh, for the remaining game tonight and still, what, seven left on the season? I'm going to say yes. It's doable. Well, it's doable, and also, I, yeah. I, again, I don't know everyone's schedule off the top of my head. You but, should. But, uh, yeah, you know, like teams, Be better, teams get – give the Ottawa Senators credit. They're, not, they're one of the teams that hasn't checked out. But, I mean, you know, if you play Vancouver, I'm not, you know, and uh, anyway, we'll see if Calgary makes the charge. I still say he's going to get it. I just, I just think he's so on fire, much like Austin Matthews. So via Sportsnet stats, um, I guess it's hard to – or it's easy to forget because it's sort of, you know, 10, 15 years ago now, but just how dominant Sidney Crosby was early on. Uh, and Sportsnet stats does a great job putting out – Points in the first 400 NHL games. Connor McDavid, 555. Take a wild guess where Sidney Crosby was. In the, in the first 400 games? Yeah. Um, 560? So 554. He's one point below. Oh, wow. It just shows you, like, 
you think Connor McDavid is great, which he is, yeah. but Sidney Crosby at the beginning, uh, at yeah. his peak, well, was damn outstanding. With that in mind, we're going to transition over to uh, Sheldon Keefe talking about this 5-1 victory. Hey, Sheldon, um, you know, five consecutive victories and uh, just one goal against in each of those five games. Uh, you know, your offense obviously is, is, you know, playing very consistent, but do you find your defensive game now has come around where you can really depend on each other to get the job done on a consistent basis? I would say so, uh, Bob. I think, I think that, you know, especially as we shifted from, you know, from our games in Vancouver, went on to Winnipeg, I think our team really, you know, just recognized that it was time to really, uh, really dial in the details of our game, both offensively and defensively. I think there's been a real shift there for us. And then anytime we've had breakdowns, you know, since that Vancouver trip, uh, our goaltending has been excellent, you know, in each of the games as well. So, you know, all those things combined really helped us now. Today we were obviously not very good at all uh, through two periods, but uh, once again, you know, in, in the third period, just with our team regrouping, just making the decision that we were going to take care of the game, and it was, yeah, it was, you know, it was going to remain in our control. Uh, you know, the guys were were really good again. It was fun to watch them in that third. Next up, we'll go to Josh Clipperton, Canadian Press. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, Sheldon, uh, two more for Austin tonight. Um, you know, you. He, on pace for like 66 goals, I think, if it was an 82-game season. I mean, on some level, do you, do you kind of wish you could see what what do you, how this heater would go over a, over a full season? I mean, I'm just enjoying watching it now. What he's doing, you know, no matter how many games we play and we're playing, he's, you know, he's uh, he's feeling it. I mean, you know, the the chemistry between he and Mitch is obvious. Um, you know, he went through a tough stretch where you battled through injuries and stuff like that, and uh, he's he's obviously feeling better, and you're seeing the results. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Sheldon, has there been a theme uh, throughout the season when the team has been able to flip the switch and turn the tide in a game? Is it something you're hearing on the bench, or just the maturity of the group realizing there's a moment to to turn it? What are you what are you seeing in that regard? I just think it's all relative, you know, with, with how how we decide to play with the puck. You know, I think at times we get ourselves into trouble, you know, and it's happened a lot to us against Vancouver here throughout the season is you know, we have the puck a lot. Um, and when you have the puck a lot uh, in a game, maybe more so than you would in, in other games against other teams, you tend to over overcook it, you tend to overdo it, you tend to feel like you have more plays available than you do. And, and then, that causes you problems, and you know, then all of a sudden you know, you're playing in transition a lot, and you're chasing it. Um, when we just make smart, efficient plays, take what's there, um, make plays when they're available, but otherwise just put the puck in good places and take care of each other that way and manage the game, especially with a lead. That we're a hard team to play against, so I think that's you know that that managing of the puck is a big piece of it. Okay, there's a Sheldon Key following this 5-1 win, Gord, as we get set for Monday again at the Bell Centre. Yeah, Leafs are in a real good place. Uh, let's stay in a good place in the regular season so you make sure you explode 
uh, in game number one in the playoffs and have a longer playoff. First first playoff series win in 17 years. That's what you're looking for one at a time. And again, uh, we're, we're staring right in the eyes of a, a first-round showdown. I guess if you want to call it that with the Montreal Canadiens, I'll put you on the spot right now. Two more to 40. Does Austin Matthews do it in La Belle Provence and maybe have some hot dog steam after on Monday? Oh, so wait. Now it's not even does he get it in general. <laughs> um, okay, I, what the hell? After a game like let's tonight when he scored two goals, let's do it. Let's do it, Austin. Let's get it out of the way. Let's yeah. get it done. Yeah, let's get it done is right. And uh, we'll have Leafs Nation postgame and podcast form coming up in that one. So make sure to tune in for that one. Many thanks to Sam McKee, Danielle Furtado, and Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening. Take care.